Welcome to the England Rugby Pod. Thanks for downloading episode 103. As England look to take on the All Blacks for the first time in four years as they face their biggest challenge under Eddie Jones to date. You're listening to the England Rugby Pod, the rugby podcast that believes England will win the World Cup in 2019. Hey guys, welcome back. Uh, another massive weekend, even bigger, of course, than last week. Um, for the first time in four years, England taking on the world champions, the supposed best team in the world. Um, and I'm joined, of course, by Dan to talk about uh, expectations and then, of course, to um, to relive the match as it happens. Uh, hi, mate. Hello, mate. Be- be- allegedly, also best team, best sport team ever. Ever, yeah. Um, and I am properly psyched for this match. I've just been uh, in the garden with my missus's daughter, just dump tackling her and putting in a few Owen Powell shoulder charges, just psych myself up. I'm going to have to stop you there. Um, we are we we have a new uh, we have a new listener, a new fan. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's going to require us to just tone it down a little bit. Um, okay. <laughs> oh, don't worry. She ended up beating me. So <laughs> that that is that, that is good news. Um, I'm just trying to find this this tweet that I got because uh, it was a really good one, actually. Um, it was from uh, where is he? Here we go. Ben Fords to eighty seven. He says at the uh, rugby pod have a new fan in the shape of a three year old. We listen to the pod every Sunday on the uh, way to rugby tops. <laughs> He would love it if you could say hello to him. So, hello, Sebastian Ford. Uh, love Hi, the fact, Sebastian. Yeah, love the fact that he's three and has been to every game for Gloucester this season. Hashtag new fan. So, as I've told him, we're going to have to start watching our language a little bit. And let's not uh, talk to him about dump tackling little girls in the back garden. No, well, well mate, I tried to, but then she just put the shoulder, just bounced me. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then she put in a bit of soup pie on me. I was like, oh, right, easy. Um, <laughs> Good to hear. But it's, uh, <laughs> so we'll move on from that bit. But, mate, today is huge. It's um, massive. I've been, I've been really involved in that. I've really enjoyed this week from a sort of rugby perspective. I, I haven't been this excited about a match for a while. So, a few things. So, looking at the team, first of all, um, what is so... But, yeah, okay, firstly, what are your thoughts on Ashton starting ahead of Noel? Um, I'm okay with it, actually. I was uh, When I first saw it, I was thinking, uh, we talked about this last week, we, you kind of want Ashton and you want Noel and you want Daly and you want May and you can't have all four. Um, yeah. But actually, I think Jack Noel's probably going to be quite a useful finisher. Agreed. Um, and I think Ashton has, not only is he obviously in great form at the moment, um, but I think he offers that little something extra in the form of last time I played you, we won. Um, and that, so, so, so I completely agree with that. And I'm not sure if you've heard, I've heard quite a few interviews this week with Eddie and his reasoning for picking Ashton to me, I was like, that makes perfect sense. He, he was just saying about, he can just sniff out the try and, they, and Ashton definitely can do that. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm good with it. And I love the fact Noel's still involved because I, I also agree that I think it'll be a great finisher. Yeah, well, I, I, there's something I want to come on to later on to do with beating New Zealand. And one of the points that I'm going to make there is is all about Ashton and May and Noel when he comes on and, and using those using the width and actually taking advantage of those guys. There were quite a few opportunities that went begging against South Africa because we just didn't quite look wide enough. Um, and and we know what May is capable of. We know what Ashton's capable of. We know what Noel's capable of. You know, these guys need to get into the game. Um, but yeah, we'll come on to that. Uh, so... Yeah, quite happy to see Ashton in there. Uh, no real strong feelings about which way round he'd gone. If he'd chosen to start Ashton on the bench and start Noel, um, I'd have been okay with that too. But I'm, they're, I'm, they're both class players. Yeah, I'm happy with with where he's gone in that respect. Um, the two big ones, so, I guess. No Manu, no Zach Mercer. So the, the Manu one, I was a bit annoyed with started, but again, listening to his interviews and Eddie said he's just not quite a hundred percent yet. So I'm not putting him in. And I think that's fair enough. You know, he's not saying he's not good enough. He's is, not saying he's is, he's, is he saying he's not 100% in terms of his fitness? Because I'm well, pretty sure he was said he it. was fit enough to play. Or is this he... is it. I, I, it, it didn't quite clarify whether it was fitness or just that 
you know, lack of sort of the, the, in, you yeah. know, the international. I mean, the reason why I bring it up is because, you know, we kind of look at Ben Teo and Manny Tolay as the interchangeable pair, right? Yeah. Ben Teo's had far less game time this season than Manu. So in yeah, terms yeah. of match fitness, Manu should be ahead of Teo in that, in that respect. Then you've got the question, of, well, which one of them's better? Well, I'd be tempted to say that Manu, for, for similar reasons with Ashton, you know, he's he's got the advantage of last time we were here, we won. He's got the advantage of he's a much stronger runner. You know, one of the things I've mentioned a few times about Ben Teo is that, you know, on paper, he looks like he should be punching holes through defences. But in reality, he doesn't do that. And I know that he offers something extra with his game. He's a bit more of a playmaker than a Manu Tuolagi. But I feel like, you know, again, it's something we'll come on to when talking about how to beat New Zealand. But, you know, Manu being a big, strong runner, I just, I feel like you need someone who's capable of doing that, you know, targeting the weaker defenders and, and you know, running through them. Um, and I'm just yes. not sure. I mean, you know, we'll see what happens if Ben Teo, you know, he certainly physically, he, he on paper, he can do it. So, uh, And he can do it on the pitch. We've seen before. And this is why I don't mind Teo starting. So Sonny Bill's playing. They've got Teo, And to me, Teo won that battle in the Lions. Yeah, yeah. Thing. So I don't, I'm not anti that. The Zach Mercer thing, I am surprised about. I am too. I... I, I guess the reality is there's only so many players you can have in a 23-man squad, right? 23. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you do you not bring Courtney Laws in? Um, no, I... Um, it's... But to me, the back... To me, the sort of back three within the pack... I, I, would not, I would not have Brad Shields there. You drop him from the 23. I would drop him from the 23. Uh, see, I think... that back, back to in the pack is so defensive. I think you also need an attacking element to it. Yeah. But then, yeah, I, I, yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, I guess, though, that's why you've got a laws that I, 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 yeah, I hear. I guess the thing with Zach Mercer is he doesn't have a huge amount of experience. Yeah, he was brilliant last weekend. Um, but uh, Wilson did, did brilliantly well. He was, he was aggressive. He's uh, in his place, yeah. You know, and, and he's going to be doing that again. Um, and I guess this time around, he's just thinking, well, we'll keep him at eight. Um, obviously, if something was to happen to him and you've got to make changes, yeah, you're left, you're, you're in a situation where you haven't got a, a, a like for, not a like flight replacement, but you don't have a, a specific number eight replacement. Um, but Laws offers aggression off the bench, um, you know, an, an, an impact. I would have liked to have seen Zach Mercer there, but I also think that Brad Shields, because of the game, because of who we're playing, and because yeah. of his history, it, I mean, it, you know, we could rue that. It, it could go completely the other way. He might, it might bring less out of him. But part of me feels like it's going to bring something a little bit extra out because he's been under a lot of media pressure from the, from New Zealand. You know, not not his mates, obviously, but the the New Zealand press have given him a lot of abuse about his yeah, switching yeah, allegiance. Yeah, and, and I I'm feel like this, you know, we know. Sorry, mate, we, I was going to. We know on paper he's a he's a put. You know, he's a he's good enough to be there. Um, yeah. I feel like this might bring something out of him. Um, and I think we might see a special performance from him today. But, you know. I, I really hope you're right, mate. Because when he performs well, when he was from the Hurricane, he could be brilliant. But where this argument is slightly, at slight less weight with me, Zach Mercer's old man played rugby league for the All Black for New Zealand. Uh, for the, um, whatever their rugby league sure. <laughs> team. So no, no. they've got the connection as but well. It's, but not it's not just about a connection. Yeah, it's not just about a connection. You know, uh, Brad Shields has played with and against yeah, these guys. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, I, I just, lived lived with with these guys. You know, he, he's that's been his rugby life until yeah. fairly recently. Um, and as you said last week, you know, you, you get a kick out of playing against your mates. Yeah, yeah, and hopefully get a kick in when you're playing against your yeah. mates, but. It's, it's, um, it's so that, that side of it, and I hope that brings out the best in Red Shield. But looking at purely from a rugby perspective, I, I just think we're lacking a slight up front. I think we're lacking a slightly attacking element. Yeah. And I hope we don't brew that. I, I hear what you're saying, but, but the only, I mean, so Underhill's obviously in. Um, so Zach Mercer really is the only up front player where we feel like we're lacking the attacking element outside of obviously the injuries 
Yeah. Do we think Zach Mercer was so good last week that he is the difference between an attacking team and a defending team? I, I don't think so. Nah, nah. I, I think it's, that's probably it, it, it giving him a bit too much dynamic. credit. It doesn't change the dynamic. And let's not forget what he it did. Does he, offer he, he came on and made an impact for 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, we've seen it time and time again that players who do brilliantly as the finishers get their opportunity to start and they don't to give the same level of performance. So, yeah, yeah that, you know, I'm playing devil's advocate and I'm saying that he's not been picked. That's uh, yeah, the I, I, best I, way I, to accept I, I, that I, I, is to say, I, I, who knows? You're wrong, but, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't dislike the look. You know, you've got George coming on, Jamie George coming on, you've got Courtney Laws coming on, you've got Danny Kerr coming on, you've got Jack Noll coming on, uh, you've got Ford coming on, which in itself is not, not that, that that spectacular, looks- but it's the moving Farrell to 12 and mixing things up in that respect. Um, I I, can't, I quite like the look of the finishers this week. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel I like agree. it's back to they are finishers. There's there is impact in there, um, at the, and you know it brings me on to my next point. If we look at the the last five matches at Twickenham, uh, England against New Zealand, um, it takes us back to two thousand and nine. The biggest winning margin for New Zealand was thirteen points. They averaged about eight and a half points, barring the the one that they lost, where England won by 17, uh, which was in 2012. Uh, I know that's it doesn't mean very much. It's different I, sides. I, it's, sorry, just to interrupt, I watched that match the other day to sign myself up for it. I just went on YouTube and watched the match. That was such a cool match. It was awesome. And, uh, you know, it was unexpected. And England were the underdogs, as they always are when they play in New Zealand. But, you know, it is a two-horse race. Uh, these guys on paper are you know, top of their game, they're the best players in the world. Um, and, you know, any anyone, anything can happen. Um, do you reckon you can say Central to more cliches than that? I'm going to try. We've got a, we've got a, <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a long like way it. to go. Um, but, you know, the, the point is, is that the, the New, you know, New, New Zealand have won a lot of games, or they've won most of their games against England, but more often than not, by not huge margins. Yeah. And I think, and, and interesting, I was kind of looking into it, Often it was England would come back into the game, and New Zealand don't strike me as a team that take their foot off the off the gas. <laughs> yeah, that's fair to say, yeah. So, so therefore, you know, it stands to reason that England have, you know, over the years have had this ability to kind of add something extra towards the end of the game and start to close the gap and catch up, but just haven't quite caught up enough. You know, it's not often that New Zealand have come from behind to to kind of pinch the game by three points at the end. it's So so it just kind of adds more credibility, if you like, to the to the argument that you know, England are not, you know, over the years have not been a million miles away. The, the, I, don't the think, I, don't think, I don't think we will be today. I don't think there'll be a big difference in the end result. So, I think it'll be a close game. And I think if that's the case, then there's absolutely no reason to say, well, New Zealand are just better. They know how to win, so it'll be a close result. But New Zealand, you know, if it's going to be a close result, it literally can go either way. It comes down to who gives away a penalty at the wrong time, or or who gets a you know a lucky interception, or or do you know what I mean? Like it's if it's a close game, then it's anybody's. You can still have a close game that is, you know, a, a fairly convincing win. It's yeah. It's, I don't think you can. Um, I, how, how can you predict a close game that New Zealand are so, going to convincingly so, so, win? <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying, you like. I mean, not example, you, but any, you know, how can somebody, how can anyone predict a game to be close but a convincing win for New Zealand? You know, it, it, it is by. So, by the so for argument's sake, for argument's sake, say half time of against South Africa last week was full time. It would have been like, okay, South Africa have won by a narrow margin. I mean, that's, but they were never in danger. But that's re- so. The, but that that's assuming that New Zealand. Are, are, are you know that's that's making the assumption that New Zealand are awful. No, no, no. That's making the, the assumption that New Zealand are awesome. No, what what I was using that as an example, say, well, you, you can but, have. I mean, historically, there have been games that have been quite close, but I've 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 sort of looked at them and thought, uh, I never thought England were going to win this throughout the game, even though they did well to be close. I, but I just Does I don't, know. New, I don't two, think that will happen today. I 2014, today. 2014 at Twickenham, New Zealand win by three points. Any, yeah, any way you look at it, that's anybody's game. That's one penalty. 100%. Is a, is a draw, that right? was. 2013, New Zealand win by eight. Okay, it's a little bit more. Um, 
it's three penalties or it's a try, a converted try and a penalty or a straight up, you know, unconverted try and a penalty, which requires a little bit more. 2012, we obviously won. 2010, it was 10 points. There's a little bit more. 2009, 13 points. But they've gradually been winning by less and less. And, you know, if the last time was three, then I feel like this is our time. Didn't we, didn't we have this chat last week? And didn't I say to you, when you're, when we're, uh, you know, discussing something, doing it, you're not allowed to use evidence and facts because otherwise you just make me look like an idiot. I've told you this before, mate. But mate, it takes five minutes to go on Google and write and, and Google. Ty- that's and, what. And, 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 and type in, uh, you know, England, I, I I England was... versus New Zealand historical or something along those lines. Um, oh, right. oh, I know it's asking a lot that you know as a as a host of a, of a podcast all about England rugby that you might do some research but uh, you know we've got to give the people what they want um oh, this, this is really awkward my missus is just watching and she's just caught me buying me uh buying the match on her card oh well well more importantly why are you buying the match while you're supposed to be talking to our listeners uh, no, no, just just so I, uh, just, just so it's ready to go as soon as you know, since we finish the build up, mate. Right. Do you know I am so excited about this? It's insane. It's going to. I be... think it's going to be a great game, a great, a great occasion, and I think England will win. Let's talk. Do, do I actually think that? I'm not sure. Yes, you do. With the England rugby yeah. pod, we believe in it. Yes, let's, I do think that. Let's talk about how you beat New Zealand. Okay, so first of all, and this has been, you know, various different people have had a lot. There's been lots of chatter about this on social media, but goal kicking. I think you know we already that that's we have the advantage there in terms of of success. I mean, you know, Bowden Barrett might decide that today's the day he's going to kick a hundred percent and. It doesn't really matter, but the point is, is that there's a lot more pressure on them because of his performances over you know, in the past. And I think he, I think he's on about sixty-five percent for 2018 or something, which isn't great um, as an international world-class kicker. So we have the advantage. Yeah, I mean, there. And, it's not well. Yeah, yeah, no. I, and we no, need to I, take I mean, full advantage of the fact that we've got both Farrell and Daly on the pitch. You know, if Farrell, if if there's any doubt in Farrell's mind that he has the distance, but it's in range for Daly, it you know. Keep the scoreboard ticking over. Take the points. We we talk about it time and time again. It was talk, you know. Clive Woodward talks about it all the time. It's so important. Um, and Build today, score, yeah. today more than any, um, you know, take the points whenever they're on offer. Put pressure on New Zealand. I feel like New Zealand's a team that doesn't like coming from behind. And and if you can, they struggle with it a little bit. That that's how you that's how you beat New Zealand. You you put pressure on them. And I know that they had a big comeback against Ireland, but it wasn't enough. Once you put them under pressure, things change. If they get an easy, an easy run, if we give them an easy first half, we, you know, England cannot go into this game expecting to be able to sort it out in the last twenty minutes. No, I, I agree. I agree with this, and I'll tell you why we win today because it's on the in the background. Clive Woodward wearing a burgundy cardigan with a burgundy um, handkerchief. I mean, that is just pure brilliant. Nice. Thanks for winning. Okay, so build up for matches. We, Go on, sorry. Well, we can't beat them just by kicking. Yeah. Okay. So, how do we? It, 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 it's a good question. It's tough and quick. I think we need to. We can't. I think we need to play our game. If you try and play New Zealand in their game, it's it's ridiculous. It's like trying to fight Anthony Joshua and his height. You just England have got to play their own game. I think we've got to attack them. We've got to take the game to them. I think second half last week is is a good example of how we can do it. We we can't be cautious. I think we have to, to you know, not not be silly, like you say, a hundred percent agree. Take every point on offer, but yeah. we. I think we need to go out there and we need to take the game to them. Watching in two thousand and twelve, how we started, we actually really went for it, and and I I want to see that today. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I mean, that last twenty minutes uh, last weekend, we need that from the off. They need a quick start, England. You know, New Zealand again. Looking at statistics, New Zealand are typically at their weakest in the first sort of. I think that I think I read six minutes of each half. I know that's this a massive is fun, ask. Mate. This to, is awesome analysis. I know it's a massive ask to to expect England to cause a huge amount of damage in this you know opening six minutes and the and the first six minutes of the second half. But statistically, that's when New Zealand are at their weakest. So you know, it has to be a fast start if you can get points in those first. In those in those opening minutes, it's a massive advantage. Uh, you know, getting that board ticking over, putting pressure on New Zealand from the off. So I think that's key. Um, 
you know, to, to get that fast start. Uh, we need to slow them down. We have to compete at the breakdown. Um, you know, it, gone are the days when England can just sort of stand off and go, wait, why are people, you know, competing against us? And, and, and then just expect to defend once the ball's out in the line. You know, you've got to put pressure on them. We know that New Zealand like quick ball. We know that they like to offload. Um, you know, I think, again, stuff I've read suggesting that sometimes it's, you know, and, and this may there may well be a game plan worked into England's plans for this afternoon to to attack the line and look for interceptions because New Zealand do throw maybe not what maybe wild passes is is not the right terminology but certainly you know opportunities the, the opportunities there yeah yeah and and yeah. so therefore and 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 therefore the opportunity as long as the defence is in place you know the support lines and everything else there's an opportunity there to 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 create problems for them in that respect. So, you know, attack attack that line. And if nothing else, it will deter them from throwing those long passes, getting their guys in space. Um, so I think that's important. And, you know, more than anything, discipline. Uh, we yes. say, we, we've yes. said it time and time that's again. That's a great point. That's a great point. Penalties need to be single figures. Um, I look back, I was debating with someone on, uh, on Twitter a little while back about England versus New Zealand and, um, I think it was uh, possibly it was a build up to the South Africa game, but it was uh, looking at penalties and looking back at 2003 and the differences. And in that 2000, in that that World Cup final, 2003, and it wasn't it wasn't 80 minutes; it was what 120 minutes or whatever it was. I think England conceded three penalties. No way! It was something. It was something outrageously wow. low. Um, no, there must have been more than that. It was it was really low, and I know that the rules have changed, which possibly makes it more difficult to do that because there will have been in, there will have been things that they'd have done back then that they're not allowed to do now. Yeah, 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 like Trevor Woodman throwing a haymaker in, in one of the first malls. Um, but um, but yeah, the penalty count was really low. Obviously, it was wow, really low yeah. from from Australia as well. I think it was something like England three, Australia six or seventh for the, for the match. So both teams, but you know, and that's and, and as a result, the game was incredibly close. But that's key. If England if England go out like they did last weekend and they give away, I think I counted something like six penalties in the first fifteen minutes. Admittedly, England reduced, you know, ma- massively reduced their penalty count after that point last weekend. They need to keep the penalty count down early on. Um, it, it because of New Zealand's success rate with the with the boot. Possibly, it's not as devastating in terms of conceding points, uh, you know, in between the posts. But you're giving them opportunities to to you know put the ball and touch near our line getting getting themselves in our 22 and the key thing is keeping them out of the 22 i think you know england defended incredibly well last weekend when south africa were in their 22 and they were in there a lot um you're not going to get away with that against new zealand so you've got to keep them out of our 22 we've got to take our points when they're on offer got to be disciplined we've got to use our width we've got to take advantage of may and ashton and when he comes on null um, and the pace that they have out wide um, and like you said, we've got to take the game to them, put pressure on them right off, right from the off, and and go out there to win. And yeah, yeah, this brings me on to a, a quote from Eddie, which is brilliant. He said, "We want to make the movie, not watch it." Yes, yeah, it I sums, like that. I like that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, and I think that sums up exactly what the expectations need to be for today. Um, and if they can do that, and they can put in a performance, obviously, we you know the result. Hopefully, the result comes off the back of it. But if it doesn't, and they've still managed to do all those things, I think that's a successful campaign. But they've got to be going out there to to win. There's there's just no there's no need to look to look at this new look at look at New Zealand and say they're too good. We're just going to try and do our best. England's best is a win. If um, you've done a lot of research this week, if anyone from Sky Sports is listening to the pod, you need to hire this guy. He gets great stats. Well done, mate. Well done. Well, someone else has got them first. I've just literally like said, well, look, it, looked them it, up, mate. I know. Even a broken clock's right twice a day, huh? Um, <laughs> Do not describe yourself as a broken clock. <laughs> I wasn't. Don't worry. Even a blind squirrel finds the occasional nut. Um, right. Let's get to it. Uh, what are we going? Scoreline or points difference? There's two points difference. Winner I, I, I've, I've actually already overcommitted uh, with my rose-tinted glasses on Twitter. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, I haven't seen it. But I've gone, I've gone thirty-three twenty to England. Holy crap, man! Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. Um, Three tries to England. 
to all keep converted. New Zealand to 20 points would be a hell of an achievement. Ah, Four penalties. Three tries, four I'm penalties. I'm saying England by three points. England by three. And yeah. scoreline-wise, are you thinking close game again like last week, low scoring? Or are you, or well, you by think... three points. Uh, no, a higher score because I think... New Zealand will score points. I think we've got... Um, yeah, I, I think you can't keep New Zealand that low of points. Typically, you can't. Uh, what am I saying? I am going to say 25-22 England. Okay. Uh, um, it's anyone's game. It's massive. Let's hope Mate, the boys this, can is a, this is amazing. I'm so excited. Do the, do the, so do the job. Um, uh, great. Well, uh, let's let's uh, let's leave everyone there. Let's, before we just go, before we just go yeah. to the thing, I'd just say to our listeners, and I listened to our pod we put out the other week. If I annoy anyone, I don't blame you. My God, my voice is annoying sometimes, it's and, and it goes really high. I'm like, am I going to go through puberty anytime soon? And um, so, if you're annoyed by my voice. Sorry, I wanted to punch myself in the face, so I, I get it. <laughs> well, on that happy note, people, um, we're going to leave you with the but anthems. Gonna win, so, yeah. We're going to leave you with the anthems. We are going to watch this first half avidly, and we'll be back at half time to talk about uh, how, how things are going. And we will catch you then. Welcome back. Holy shitballs. What's going on? I mean, not yeah. what's going on. It's awesome. I mean, this is, it's, it's almost as if they, they listened to the first part of our podcast, which, by the way, is yet to have been published, um, and then just did exactly what we told them they needed to do in order to beat New Zealand. Uh, I know it's a long way to go, uh, and obviously New Zealand coming back into the game at the end there, but what a start from England. No, they, they, that just looks, that's the best I've seen them play um, for years. It just look good. And do you know what? I think that style of play suits his team and these players as well. And, um, I mean, in fairness, you'd have backed any winger, any of our wingers to finish that. But it is funny how it always seems to be Ashton on the end of those, isn't it? Yeah, I, you know, you, Ashton or May would have finished that. Noel would have finished that. You're right, but it's what the rest of the team is doing. I mean, interestingly, you were saying before the game, your concerns were that our forwards were too defensive. They've been incredibly defensive in terms of the volume of tackles, but their ta- their their defence is currently an attacking weapon. Um, they're yeah. putting New Zealand under huge pressure, uh, even when they've got the ball, um, and it's it's amazing to see. And it just it just highlights that you know New Zealand are not unbeatable. And you know I don't want to jinx anything. You know, like I said, there's a long way to go. We're halfway there, but at fifteen ten, you know, the same result in the second half is thirty twenty, which is only three points off my projection. So. You know they're they're on target. I'm happy. Um, it, it's been a hell of a performance from the boys so far. Um, I, I was thinking throughout the the sort of latter part of that first half. You know, when it comes to talking to you now, where are we going to be able to pick fault? Um, and there's not a lot. I mean, okay, some silly errors, giving away some penalties, some, some things that uncharacteristically like like Farrell's kicking the ball out of the full. But you know, these things happen. There's not really much you can say. Yeah. About. He he knows better than anyone what went wrong there and, and you can be sure he's not going to do it again but the boys are just they're all looking pretty decent you know the the, the concerns we had beforehand what I was saying about Tio not punching holes well he's he's breaking the game line when he make when he runs with the ball today um, Henry Slade is is you know I, for me to say it must must be he must be doing well <laughs> yeah, you know, he's making some good then. cover tackles he's making some good runs you know they're, they're all in the game they're all fired up for this um, and you know they thoroughly deserve their lead a hundred percent, they deserve it, and they, they deserve a bigger lead. I think. Um, I don't know if there's any missed opportunities yet. Um, I think, I think the the margin, perhaps, you know, they've they've let themselves down a little bit in the last sort of six seven minutes. Um, but these things happen. I thought the the try, the, the New Zealand try, was frustrating because um, it 
uh, you know, it's different when you're on the pitch, obviously. But from our point of view, it was almost like you could see exactly what they were going to do. It looked like the yeah. it looked like the easiest try to defend, and it kind of it kind of make, made England look really basic, really really kind of quite shit. But then you look at the kind of the replays and. Yeah, England taking out their own men. <laughs> Tio comes running across to cover the tackle, I think it was. It takes Farrell out. Um, I think, actually, if we're going to pick fault with anyone, and we do like to do a bit of that on this pod, um, I think I think it was Slade, and apologies if it wasn't, but Slade, someone drifts in the tackle instead of... And I, you know Maybe that's the, the way they're playing, but it makes life complicated when people start switching. Someone drifts, and in the end, you've got Farrell and, I think, Slade both looking to take out Bowden Barrett, leaving a massive gap. Um, and, you know, little things like that you can't afford to do, not on your line. Um, but but other than that, I think England look are looking awesome. Uh, we said beforehand, that first, that opening six minutes, so important. And, you know, it was 8-0 eight, eight in six minutes. Perfect start. Yeah, um, the, it the, was. The statistic that I, that I found out, it said the same thing of both halves. New Zealand, statistically, at their weakest in the first six minutes of each half. So England need to go out and do exactly the same thing again in this half. Um, push that lead. If we get further. the next score, if we get the next score, I think there's a very good chance we win this match. I think there's already a very good chance we win this match. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think if we get this next score, there's a very good chance we win it convincingly. Um, but um, I, yeah, no, no, no real negatives at this stage. Really, really happy with what the boys are doing. They're clearly they've they've got an agenda and they're. They're delivering on the on whatever their game plan was, and I think for all the the doubters out there, we've heard from a few of them over the last sort of few months. You know, you ask the question, you know, why have we still got Eddie Jones involved? You know, where's this England team going? They're useless. You know, they need complete to completely change everything. They haven't changed a huge amount, and they're currently um, winning. Forget the scoreline for a minute. You know, winning the game convincingly. Um, against the best team in the world. Yeah. So what yeah. else would you like from the England team at this stage? You know, we, we've said for a while, let's wait and see what happens in the Autumn Internationals before we start criticising England's ability to win matches. Um, and at the moment, they're, they're doing us proud. They're doing us very proud. And the, the key thing I want to see, the, the key thing I want to see now is just to keep the same level of intensity. Well, so, absolutely. You know, I mean, just maintain it. I'm not asking them to do more. Just no, I want more. I think let's, <laughs> let's strive for more. You know, if 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 England and you know historically England, not historically, but under Eddie Jones, you know, England have always had a little bit more to give in the last in the second half and the last twenty minutes. If we can do that again today, um, because some firepower to come on as well. And, and yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things to note with New Zealand is that New Zealand are not in the habit of needing. They're you know, needing finishes in the last twenty minutes. It's not something you know. They've usually got the game won uh, long before the last twenty minutes. So you know, if we get to that last twenty minutes, and England can bring on their finishes and, and kind of up the tempo, uh, I think New Zealand might be in for a bit of a shock. Yeah. Uh, so no, I may. I completely agree with you. And one thing so you say, what well, I'd like to see. I thought it was absolutely spot on first half, and Farrell went for the drop goal. Yeah. If we've got a chance to score. Take the chance and score. Build the score. Build the score. I mean, look. I mean, yeah, Clive. I was getting a bit bored, but Clive is just copying us. But, yeah, you know. yeah, I know. Anyone would think he'd won a World Cup or something. <laughs> yeah, um, I know. Uh, what did you think of New Zealand's decision? I mean, obviously, in hindsight, it paid off. But New Zealand's decision to take the scrum instead of taking the points. Uh, yeah, it's surprising. You know, it, 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 as I say, difficult one to call now that they've scored the try, but... I mean, surely you've got to say in a game like that, in the in conditions like these, points. It, it, that was a smart call, yeah. But like you say, you can't really, you can't argue something that, <laughs> that pays off like that. No, but it's but it's interesting in terms of the psyche of the New Zealand team. Um, you know that that from their point of view, they're never down and out. And fair play, they they came back and scored the try. Um, but it's it's kind of I, I feel like that's a positive for England. They've done that. Um, because it means that the New Zealand team potentially get a little bit complacent, uh, because there's you know they never feel like they have to show their opposition the respect of building their score. They they just feel like it's going to open up for them at some point. And if England continue to build their score, it may be too little, too late for New Zealand to come the end of the game. 
Well, I mean, in fairness, that may also be the case of we are out of this game, we, we need to get back in it. So it might have almost been showing a lot of respect. But No, I prefer my version. Yeah. yeah. Well, but either way, as long as we just ignore that and keep building our own score, yeah, absolutely. I'm happy. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I don't think there's much more we can add to to what happened in the first half. Really happy with the way the boys are playing. Keep it up. More of the same. Uh, more being the operative word. Um, and uh, and yeah, we'll we'll head off to the second half and leave you with Eddie Jones's quote that we gave you in the first half, which is, "We want to make the movie, not watch it." Well, I think you're doing that, boys. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, okay, so not quite the result we were going for, but what a performance. Dan, um, initial thoughts following that? I'll save everyone with suspense, I'm pretty sure people knew this. Uh, yes, I thought it was a try. Um, it was It was a really good performance. What? So the truth is, New Zealand didn't beat us, we, we lost that ourselves. Um, uh, England showed they are they are up there. That, that performance for me showed that we are definite. World Cup winning contenders. I mean, we've always known that, but I think a lot of people's faith has faltered. Yeah, and uh... I think there's two there's two ways to to kind of break down this this game uh, this result. <clears throat> On the first, to, to, I think to begin with, you know, massive credit to the guys who definitely you know put everything into that. Um, you know, that's one one of the most steely performances we've seen from an England team under Eddie Jones. Um, you yeah, know, they they went out there with absolutely no doubt in their mind that they could win it, and they gave themselves every opportunity to win it. Um, unfortunately, and you know, for a minute, let's forget the referee decision. Um, these things happen. There'll be plenty of people. Yeah, there'll be plenty of people out there that will say that last weekend England got lucky. We had a response to that, but regardless of whether you thought last week's tackle was legal or not, you know, regardless of whether that result was, in your opinion, decided by the referee. Um, and regardless of whether or not you think this one was should have been given, you know th- these autumn internationals. We said it beforehand. Lots of people were saying England need to win all their games, or they need to win at least three out of four. Uh, otherwise, Eddie Jones's job's in trouble. And we said no. England need to put in performances. If they can put in a performance and they just miss out, that's not the end of the world. It gives them something to build on leading towards 2019. And as Owen Farrell said after the game, you know we want to peak next year during the World Cup. Um, yes, yes, they want to win. Of course, they do. And how great would it have been to have beaten the world's number one team or the <laughs> history well, we number well. one team? And they and they had every opportunity to do it. You know, we 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 constantly talk about take the points, build the score. You know, easy that... in hindsight to say you know that that was that was one of the one of the, the the issues. I mean, obviously, we'd all be praising the decision if they scored the try, but they didn't, and that's the risk that you take. Um, no, it's, to me, to me, that's the key point. And this is where everyone's learned. So the first time when he went for the corner, I'm like, okay, I, I want people to take the point. But actually, that was very wide out. Maybe with the conditions, maybe just Farrell didn't fancy it. The second time, it no, was geez. such a guaranteed three points. You, I, 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 I think the thing is, looking at the conditions and the way they were, and this is what Clive Woodward was saying at half time, or at full time. Um, in conditions like those, you take your points because you just don't know when points, when opportunities are going to present themselves. Um, you know, we think always take your points. Uh, New Zealand showed that, you know, if you make that decision, sometimes it can go your way. They took a punt and it and it paid off, but it's by no means guaranteed. When when you're sitting, not it's not guaranteed, obviously, but when you're sitting, in, you know, with a penalty within range and you've got one of the world's best kickers, why not just stick an extra three on the board? Yeah, they would have looked at it and said, "This New Zealand side has the ability to open us up and score tries," and maybe that's half the problem. I think in the backs of their minds, maybe it was less about let's let's punish them by putting seven on them, and more about we need to increase the margin of difference by as much as possible. Um, I think one of the interesting things to come from that, and again, something that we've always been quite. strongly opinionated about is the leadership you know Owen Farrell he's the kicker 
he's the decision maker because uh, Dylan Hartley's not on the pitch. And I know that if Dylan Hartley's unavailable or if it's later in the game and he's been subbed off, uh, Owen Farrell is the is the vi- as the vice captain has to make those decisions. But I just don't think your kicker should be making the call about whether he should take on the responsibility. Um, and I and I genuinely think that if Dylan Hartley had still been on the pitch at that point, they'd have taken the points. Oh, so mate, I agree. I'm also. I think some of them, they should have been also another senior player, even perhaps from like an Elliot Daly saying, "Hey, how come you're not kicking this? Do you not fancy it? Because I'll have a go or whatever." But it was a very poor decision. I mean, I think I messaged you at the time to say, "No, I can't believe we didn't take the points." Yeah. Um, the other issue, which was, I don't really know who I don't without knowing enough about line out being in a line out. I don't know who to blame because I don't think it was on Jamie George because actually I think Jamie George was sticking the ball exactly where the call required him to put it. Yes, and New Zealand I, that, were just that, that, getting in the way. But you cannot afford to lose five out of eleven line outs in a, in the second half. It's it, you you know England England's line out was so important to building the score in that first half. What what New Zealand were able to do to disrupt that 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 for me was actually the game changer. Forget all the other things. Forget the yeah. decisions that could have, should have, would have, and all the rest of it. Um, England not controlling uh, those phases of play just just that that's what ultimately cost them the game. And I heard an interesting stat just as I was going back through after recording the the, the last bit in the first half, despite their lead, England missed twenty three tackles to New Zealand's three. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is one surprising because I thought they were tackling like beasts, but um, but also amazing that they can miss that many tackles and still have the lead, um, you know, and be in reasonable control of the game. Um, but uh, yeah, just but overall, I just think it, it's a massively positive performance. I think the critics, the the fans that perhaps were falling a little bit out of love with Eddie's England. You know, hopefully this is this is just giving them that sort of that little bit of that little boost to really get them behind these boys again, and so they start thinking like we do that this is a team, as you say, that are genuine contenders for the World Cup next year, and I think they've proven that they are, or that they're capable of being. Um, you know, with today's performance, uh, and also I think it's it's really interesting. Like so, there's been a lot of chat about how England's back row has has been lacking strength in depth recently. Well, you know, not anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, no, no, you've, no, you've got Wilson and Underhill both saying, "Don't rule us out." You've got Curry, who's obviously injured at the moment, but he's saying, "I want that seven shirt." Obviously, you've got Brad Shields having a go at it. We know we got Billy for for the number eight. You've got Zach Mercer trying to get involved. People talking about Rob Short. I don't think so, uh, personally. Yeah, but I, don't, I can't see Rob Short taking yeah, the place. There's some really strong, and, and of course, um, uh, who's the other one that's not involved at the moment? Haskell. No, I don't. I think Haskell's probably out of the running. Yeah. Anyway, there's there's someone else as well. Um, but yeah, I think lots of options there. Uh, Courtney Laws, who's obviously you know was was phenomenal today. Uh, not quite sure where to play him now. We always sort of said play these guys in the row. That's where they're supposed to play. He looked pretty useful in the back row today. I wish he'd stayed on side though. He wasn't kidding. Side. Kidding. Yeah, it was. Uh... It was an interesting one. I, again, I don't really, I don't really know the rule. I mean, I've put, a, I've posted another video, uh, and it shows the line having been drawn, um, and his foot is on it. Is that onside or offside? I, I don't, know. I don't, call, I don't call know that, the exact. Let's call that onside. And then, and then, as I understand it, the rule is it's not when the scrum half has his hands on the ball; it's when he plays the ball. Um, so, in my super slow mo clip, you can see that uh, as as. Uh, the scrum half picks the ball up. As the ball begins to move, that's when Laws starts to move off the line at exactly that same moment. So in a super slow-mo breakdown and the impression that I'm getting from the response on Twitter, just not just to me, but you know all the people that are tweeting things from all nations, is that England were unlucky um, and that the decision went yeah. against them when perhaps it shouldn't have done. But most of them are then going, yeah, but you've learnt your lesson because last week the decision went with you when it shouldn't have done which we know isn't the case because, of course, the Farrell tackle was awesome. So, yeah, it's so the, the, the thing is, like, that decision, I don't mean it means much more. It was, it was a call made by the referee. It is what it is. Um, a bit frustrating. I think the key thing was the line-up. This is where I just want to see them, I want to see them learn. Like, 
like I think Clive Woodward says, you know, if you're in that position again, don't again now then go for a line out, take the point. And like um, the line out as well with Brody Metallic, probably the best player in the world. And no, I mean, let's be honest, he's lucky he's good at rugby because uh I well, how do I put this? I, I I'm pretty sure growing up his nickname wasn't the knicker dropper. So he's not uh you know, he's a great player. And you're constantly throwing it basically to his area. It, it, I just I mean he was there know, he was there in the first half. What do and you mean? Well, he was there competing in the first half, and he wasn't inter, in, you know, in, intercepting or everything. We were five from five lineouts in the first half. Yeah, but when he starts intercepting, stop throwing it. They like change, change where you're throwing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, as I say, I think we we'd need to get someone who understands lineout at the at the top level to kind of explain it to us. Um, you know, because yeah, it doesn't. I don't understand why they kept throwing the ball to the same place. Um, it's, yeah. It, it looked like they were making it very easy for him. Um, but yeah, hundred percent. That is that's some that's one one of the things that England need to take away from that game is not just how do we fix that issue, but if that happens, if someone just kind of basically learns your line out and he's got you, you got you pegged, having a plan B. It felt like there wasn't a plan B when things were going wrong yeah. with line out, and I felt a little bit sorry for Jamie George because I don't think it's on him. Despite a lot of people saying when Dylan Hartley was hooker. You know, the line, we won all our lineouts, and then Jamie George came on, and we lost five out of eleven, or whatever it was. Actually, I think I do think Hartley came off too early. I don't really know why he changed from Hartley. Well, that's actually that's not true. So everyone thought it was a tactical decision. Actually, Eddie Jones was interviewed, and I'm not sure how convinced I am with his answer, but he did say that Hartley was complaining of a thumb injury, and they decided to take him off as a precautionary measure. So if that's true, then then fair enough, he wouldn't have come off quite so soon. Um, but uh, but yeah, there you go. They need to they need a, they need a plan B and a plan C for the line out. I think just to mix things up. Um, but yeah, otherwise it really looked good. These are all fixable points, and in fact we and that's lost, the key thing. In fact, we brought up so many of these, and we lost to the All Blacks by one, one point. point yeah. Shows how good we can be. Well, and if I add this to my to my stats list from the first part of our episode, it's now New, Ze- New Zealand by one in two thousand and eighteen. So we've. So basically, the the last five losses we've had to New Zealand at Twickenham were by thirteen points in two thousand and nine, ten points in two thousand and ten, eight points in two thousand and thirteen, three points in two thousand and fourteen, one point in two thousand and eighteen. England are going to win the next time they play yes. New Zealand. Statistically, England will win the next time you play New Zealand. You've heard it here first, people. They certainly will, and that will be what the final of the World Cup, I guess. <laughs> it could well be. It could well be. Are we really interested to see? We really interested to see New Zealand Island next week. It will be. I, I, do you know, I've got a feeling New Zealand will go and just dick all over them now, and everyone's gonna be left going, "What? What's going on?" Yeah, it could happen. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I, it was such a good test match. It was such a good test match. It's very, you know, on Twitter, I'm trying to have these little kind of friendly Twitter wars with people. It's quite difficult to do it because actually, you're going. Yeah, it would have been nice to have won, but we played the best team in the world, arguably the best team ever, and we lost by a point. And we didn't, yeah. and we didn't put in our best performance. And we kind of know what what we did wrong, and and they're all workable problems. So it's a it's a good place to be right now for English rugby. And so I'm, I'm yeah, I'm really proud of the boys. I thought it was awesome. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, I th- I think there's uh, there's probably not much more. I mean, we'll do one in a week, like. Uh... Give us time to sort of settle, go over it again. But do you know what? Well played, boys. Well done. Unlucky. Um, well, we're going to look. Yeah, we're going to look to get some of our listeners on, uh, get their get their yeah. feedback, get their opinions on uh, on some of this. So we'll we'll be in touch with you guys. And if there's anyone else who'd like to uh, to have a say, get in touch with us. Um, probably the easiest thing to do would be to email us englandrugbypod at gmail You can get in touch on Facebook and Twitter at uh, englandrugbypod. Also, continue to share your opinions and questions with us. Uh, always gives us something good to talk about. And, of course, reviews and ratings. I haven't actually checked to see if there have been any new reviews for this week's episode. It's all been a bit too exciting. Uh, but I will have a look and we'll read out anything new that's come in uh, in our next episode. Um, but, yeah, I think other than that, it's time now to digest. Um, and I think when we come back, I would like to 
I, don't, I think we'll we'll see if we can you know, see where, where where does England what does England sort of twenty three look like now with the autumn internationals halfway through the autumn international actually no forget that we'll do it at the end of the autumn internationals when they're all done and yeah, dusted yeah. we'll uh, we'll put together a our, our choice twenty three from from what we've seen of the boys because there's a few people who are putting their hands up that we perhaps hadn't considered prior to this. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see who they play against Japan next week. It will be. It will be. This well, this is the the question we asked last week, which is, you know, should they do as Clive Woodward suggested and put out a kind of a first strength side, or should they take the opportunity to test some combinations? Uh, I still feel the same. I think a combination of the two. Um, I think you need some of your key players involved because I think if you're going to try out different combinations, you need to give them experience of playing with these key players, the likes of Farrell, the likes of Atojo, um, you know, the ones who are going to make a difference. Um, and I think, but, but yeah, I can't, I can't think now what those combinations will look like. So we'll discuss that in the week. Um, but I'm off to the States on Friday, so we won't be doing a live episode or semi-live episode for the Japan game. We'll look to cover that. Um, we, we, depending on how things, the setup and things, we, we might, may have to wait until I'm back, which actually will be after the Australia game, unfortunately. But I am back, I think, on the Monday. Uh, so in that case, we will put out an episode on Monday or Tuesday covering those last two games. So apologies for anyone who is looking forward to a, a live episode. But unfortunately, my my my, my right honourable friend here... Um, Struggles a little bit with the old technology. Um, <laughs> just a little, just a little. And so, yeah, um, getting him to do we'll, the recording we'll, we'll, part we'll, was not we'll, an option. We'll, we'll, do a, uh, we'll do an episode before you go, though. Yeah, we'll get something out next week. Um, and we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll make that our sort of our prequel to the next two, next couple of games, as well as a final rundown of what happened today. But, uh, guys, enjoy your weekends. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, get behind the boys, because clearly England are back to form and uh, we're going places.